0: Kevin
1: Markwick FM. <laughs> Oh
2: my stars, I've never been so busy before It seems Christmas arrives sooner each year. Christmas in the stars, Christmas in the stars, What a merry Christmas this will be! Christmas in the stars, out among the stars, Lighting up a Christmas tree. Come on, everyone, and sing! Our hearts full of joy And
1: physics in the air And voices want to sing And
2: we will sing Go after How could you ask a question like that? Of course I'm getting ready for Christmas. It's all right here on my list. I've got mistletoe and holly. I've got peppermints and lollipops and 20 different kinds of chocolate bars. Everyone will be delighted, even I am quite excited, getting ready for Christmas in the stars. Yes, R2, of course it's terrific, but there's more. Everyone will have a cookie. I bought extra for the Wookiee. I just hope that everybody can be here. If we all have marked the date, and if none of them is late, we'll have our greatest of Christmases this year. Why is that droid floating? Because he is wearing hover-skates.
3: Take those off, r 5 people 4 here supposed to build the toys,
2: not play with them. If they're not ready by Christmas, Esklaws will be furious. I agree, r We had better help them. Oh, perhaps <laughs> Chewie can help, too.
1: What's up, r
2: in the stars, what a merry Christmas this will be, Christmas in the stars, up among the stars, what a merry, merry Christmas, a very merry Christmas this will be.
4: Goodness gracious me Christmas in the stars C3PO and R2D2
2: That my silly friend is the sound of bells
4: (whistles) Hello everyone, Kevin Markwick here Welcome along to the special Christmas show And we're going to do Christmas movies and all sorts of things related to Christmas because it's Christmas and I have a very special guest with me tonight who's equally adept at talking total nonsense about movies Mr Nick Rowe hello Nick oh hang on I'm gonna put your mic up there you go
5: thing, Kevin happy Christmas Kevin oh
4: that's right no you gotta get nearer the mic happy Christmas Kevin oh thank you very much Nick perhaps you'd like to tell the uh listener What do you do, Nick? What is your credentials for talking nonsense with me about movies? Well, I've known you for about three
5: years, so I think that's a good place to start for talking nonsense. But uh, what do I do... Very sadly, I think my uh, mother and father both went to the grave not really understanding what <laughs> I do. I don't think my sister understands what I do. I'm not sure my wife does, and my children certainly don't. So uh, yeah. hmm.
4: Hmm.
5: I could tell you a little bit if I, uh, if I tried. Well, what tell me I the do? glamorous bit. What's tell me the glamorous bit. So at the moment, I'm producing a documentary uh, directed by a good local director, editor, producer extraordinaire by the name of Ben Hilton. It's a documentary about a band called The Pretty Things, an old 60s R&B band, the greatest band you've probably never heard. So uh, got that going on. Yeah, uh, got uh, a television series in development in Los Angeles as well.
4: Ooh, get you and
5: another film. I know I'm that person.
4: You are, aren't you? But you used to that work star. in Hollywood. You need to tell people that you used to work in Hollywood. I did.
5: I worked in Hollywood for nearly fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Uh, lived out there in the sun, yeah. living the glamour, Why'd you paramount come back? pictures. I lost, I, bet, mean, so. yeah, sorry, I lost a bet. I mean, Paramount Pictures. Yeah,
4: sorry, you were. I lost a bet. Oh, no, you didn't. Um, <laughs> uh, I'd
5: moved at that point. I'd moved from uh, film production development more into marketing and had an offer that was too good to refuse my oh, British okay. company in London. Okay. That I came back to work for, who
4: promptly let me go a year later. <laughs> <in> the, uh, <laughs> so, basically, banter. you left Paramount, working with Tom Cruise and...
5: Yeah, that's, uh, there you go, that's the name. I worked for Tom Cruise for uh, just under 10 years. Wow. Uh, any host of uh, his movies from... You must have towered over him. Oh, I, you know what? I can't remember if I've still got that uh, non-disclosure agreement. <laughs> yeah. Or not, I'm going to say we were very close in height. Very, mountain, yeah, no, I don't think this
4: is true. <laughs> so, what we're going to do tonight is we are going to, we decided, didn't we, that we were going to talk about Christmas movies, because it's Christmas, and we're going to kind of explore the good ones... And the bad ones and uh, we also need to sort of lay to rest what actually makes a Christmas movie so I'm going to start with um, what is considered one of the ultimate Christmas movies meet me in st. Louis from 1944 which I don't believe you're super familiar with
5: I'm not the same age as you Kevin as you no. know so uh, you probably saw that one in the cinema but, but it, it, uh,
4: it's the it's the it's kind of the, the Christmas you would uh having your you know in your dreams you know no that's not true <laughs> the christmas of my dreams is not a christmas any human person would ever want to uh, experience uh what i mean is it's like it's like um uh, main street in disneyland that's what it is it's the it's the christmas you would have if you lived in main street disney you know in and- that that period the edwardian feel about it you
5: dream in black and white kevin yeah well this is
4: very much in technicolor oh it is isn't it yeah Yeah, Yeah. very much in technicolor and actually um judy garland uh and the song that they well there's there's the trolley song which we all know clang 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 went the motor and ding 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 went the bell but the probably the, the big christmas song is um have yourself a merry little christmas which is actually a really sad song it's not a celebration of christmas what she sings it to her little sister as they're about to leave their childhood home and none of them want to go and so she tries to sort of cheer her up by saying that you know wherever we go and whatever we do there'll always be a lovely lovely christmas
6: have yourself a merry little christmas let your heart be next year all our troubles will be out of sight have yourself a merry little Christmas make the yuletide gay next year all
4: Judy Garland from Meet Me in St. Louis in 1944 when I wasn't even a born person. But, That's you know, she you sings say. that with her, um, you know, real tears and her eyes. It's a real tear-jerking song. Um, so, yes. Did you say you had a fact about that the one?
5: The movie, it was directed by Vincente Minelli, who ah. later went on to marry Judy
4: Garland. He met her for the first time there, so... How old was she when she made that film? That's a good question. I don't think I want to know. No, I, I don't think, yeah, in the modern parlance... Yeah. No, because she, she, she'd been in films ooh, for a very long time. She was in those Andy Hardy movies with um, Mickey Rooney. Let's do the show right here in the barn! <laughs> All that nonsense. So what we'll do, we've got a, uh, a break coming out in a couple of minutes, so we were just going to quickly knock off, because that's what we're doing, basically, aren't we? We've written a list, and we're just going to knock them off the list. We no. want people to argue about them. We're going to yeah. argue about them. Other yeah. people should argue, yeah. too about these. Uh, Mir- Miracle on 34th Street, which... Uh, Have Maureen O'Hara, John Payne, it's like the classic uh, Christmas movie. It's been supplanted in the last five or ten years by It's a Wonderful Life, which people always think was their greatest Christmas movie ever of all time, but they've only actually, if we're realistic, discovered it in the last decade or so. And Miracle on 34th Street was always the one that was always my favourite Christmas film, about the guy who could or could not be Santa, isn't it? Yeah, he's in Macy's, cause he's Macy's. in Macy's, because yeah. Macy's, and this is kind of what's interesting about it, is that uh, at the risk of going down a, a blind alley with the cultural sort of appropriation, I mean Macy's Thanksgiving, well it's the Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Day Parade,
5: yeah it's Macy's Thanksgiving Yeah, birthday. oh okay,
4: yeah. so it's Thanksgiving again, I mean, we're getting them mixed <laughs> yeah. up, it's because
5: we don't have Thanksgiving. We should do, it's the best holiday, it's the best holiday. Well.
4: It's four days,
5: you always know when it is, and yeah. there's no presents, it's and just st- good food and <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> and awful travel.
4: And no stress. Ah! Uh, but and there's Turkey. Yeah, but Miracle on the
5: 34th Street legitimized Christmas movies. It was 1947. It was three yeah. years later than mm. On from Meet Me in St. Louis, and it won Oscars.
4: Yes, it did. It so won one Oscars. Uh, what's his face? One, didn't he? Um, uh, Edmund Gwen, who who was this kind of Father Christmas? You know, he was the most Father Christmas looking Father Christmas <laughs> that there was, and 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 then became. Um, and then Coca-Cola would appropriate it further, wouldn't they? Yeah. And basically obliterate any other notions of Christmas whatsoever huh? that didn't involve a big truck driving around the neighbourhood.
5: It was also... It's a Christmas movie, but it was released in May that year. Because was it? Daryl Zanuck, who was the head of MGM at the time, who released the movie, was insistent that more people would go to the movies in warm weather than during cold weather. So... They kept the Christmas secret, uh, the setting a secret as best they could when promoting the movie. Wow. Yeah.
4: It's extraordinary, isn't it? But this was at a time when they were totally vertically integrated as well, weren't they? Yeah. You know, Fox would have owned the movie theatres that it was going into. Yeah. How it played over here in the UK, I have no idea. But it, it was a perennial on TV. You don't see this version as much, and there was another version, wasn't there?
5: Yeah, well, it was the first in uh, this. Also, um, it was the first black and white movie to be colorized in Ugh. 1985. Wow! It took about four and a half months to just ruin the film, and uh, for the laser disc market, no doubt.
4: Laser di- laser discs. <laughs> well, you had a the laser H- disc. HHS
5: market at that
1: point. Yeah. Did you have a laser disc? Well, I've still got a laser disc. You still
4: on? got it?
5: No, I haven't anymore. I don't think so.
4: <laughs> you got an eight-track. I've never had an 8-track. I'm not that old. <laughs> i never had an 8-track either. Um, so, uh, I'll play a bit of the music into the break, which are already well over. Uh, music by Cyril J. Mockridge. That's a name to conjure with. What else do you yeah, write? Yeah, that's a name I don't know. No, I don't know, generally. He wrote, uh, in old Chicago, Heaven Can Wait. That was good, the 1943 one. Uh, Oxbow incident. Will success spoil Rock Hunter? That was.
5: uh... Are you asking me or is that.? Yeah,
4: no, I'm looking at you saying whether you've heard of any of these films. Donovan's Reef, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. That was good. That that was John Ford. Okay, that was, yeah, yeah. Well, let's have a bit of this and then we'll have a break.
3: Markwick. 105 Uckfield FM. Feeling festive all Christmas long. Uckfield FM.
7: People too, ah, mess around They're doing the mess around They're doing the mess around Everybody doing the mess around Ah, everybody was juiced. you can't your soul They did the boogie boogie with a studded roll They mess around They're doing the mess around They're doing the mess around Around now, uh, when I say stop, don't you move a pain When I say go just uh shake your leg and do the mess around. I declare doing the mess around. Yeah, do the mess around. Everybody's doing the mess around. Now let me have it, that boy. Around. I mess around everybody do the mess around
4: oh very good uh, Ray Charles mess around which I'm playing because it's used in one of the funniest sequences in uh, John Hughes picture planes trains and automobiles from <laughs> I just haven't looked it up 19 I'm going to guess was about 89 yeah, I'm going to say 89. 88, probably, 89 I was, 88, 89. I
5: was working at United International Pictures at the time. Uh, oh, wow. Who marketed movies for... Uh, MGM. MGM. Paramount, Paramount Universal. Universal. So it was one of their movies there. Yeah. I used to get... I was young and I used to get all the uh, posters. I could take them home. I basically worked for posters. And that was one of the ones I had and the soundtrack as well. It's not a very Christmassy soundtrack, and I contest, and you're, you brought me in here tonight, Kevin, for my pedantry. Yes. Uh, I don't think it's a Christmas movie particularly. I think it's more of a Thanksgiving movie. You're looking anxious.
4: Oh, I am, because it has a real Christmassy feel, though. Is that because I'm, I'm British and didn't fully understand the concept of Thanksgiving? Well, no, we didn't, though. That doesn't mean anything, does it, to us? Or to me, to... I mean, as a, it was about the warm, fuzzy feeling of getting home in time for... In this case... it. I'd completely forgotten it was Thanksgiving and not Christmas.
5: It it falls over a bit, doesn't it, in this country? It's a very American film, Planes, Trains and Automobiles. You've already lost me on the planes because
4: I never had to take a plane home anywhere in the UK (laughs) in the 80s. No, well, that's true. 1987. Or the 90s. It says, but Mm -hmm. I don't think it was released until 88 in the UK. But um, it's nevertheless still a funny film, isn't it?
5: It is. I think it is a funny film. And it it was directed by John Hughes... Yes. And it was his first properly grown up film because John Hughes was one of my heroes in the 80s, and it had that list of the most amazing films from
4: Ferris... (laughs) Did he do Ferris Bueller? Ferris Bueller, Bueller. yeah, he did do Ferris Bueller, yeah.
5: Sixteen Candles. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, Pretty in Pink. Pretty in Pink, all of those.
4: Uh, Did he do Breakfast Club?
5: Yeah, Breakfast Club, which were as important for their soundtracks, I think, as the movies, and they introduced me to a lot of music. I'm sure Pretty in Pink introduced me to the psychedelic first.
4: Almost certainly.
5: Yeah. I can't think of any
4: other tracks by the psychedelic Chain
5: were on there. I mean, all sorts of extraordinary... Ordinary bands that you yeah. wouldn't get on Hollywood movie soundtracks.
4: No, and what we, actually there was one that was never released in the UK on in the cinema, which we caught up with on VERS on VHS, called some kind of wonderful. Do you remember that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, I really loved that film. It yeah. had a kind of really sweet. Uh, it was uh, see, this is why I write things down. Uh, what's his name? It was <laughs> you know was the original Marty McFly and then got sacked. What's his name? Oh, the sure ginger guy. Yes, you do. Memphis Bell, uh, Eric, oh, Eric, uh, Eric. Eric Eric, Eric Stoltz. There you go. And Lee Thompson was the sort of high and school bitch. Yeah. And, uh, and, yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah. And it had that really good um, Canadian actor, Elias Kotas. No, you've lost me there. I don't Oh, boy, oh, no. boy. Anyway.
5: But John Hughes has... Uh, he, he's got a Christmas thing, definitely. He made amazing movies. Oh, well, yeah, Home Alone. Home Alone, that huh. he wrote... Uh, He did the remake of Miracle on 34th Street, starring Richard Attenborough, Yes, and he also directed or wrote National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yes,
4: which we're going to play something from that now, but one of the hilarious things about it is that, um, which would have been UIP at the time, um, didn't know what to do with it in the UK. It's, it's
5: called Vacation. You've, you've lost everyone there. National well,
4: they, they, I remember showing it, uh, when it, and it came out in July. And it was called uh, National Lampoon's Winter Vacation. And there was a really bad edit, literally physically edited into the prints, the 35mm prints. They, they they'd cut in a title that said National Lampoon's Winter Vacation. Even though it was clearly a Christmas vacation. And it never really rang the bell here. It was only, it was another one of those, like a lot of John Hughes actually, was rediscovered, or not rediscovered, but, 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 gener- apart from the big box office Home Alones, but that actually generated most of their love on VHS. It was sort of the heyday, wasn't it, of the VHS.
5: Definitely. National yeah. Lampoon is not a sort of a big brand name in this country. No, it's it very, never was. a very American yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah.
4: But National Lampoon's Vacation is a film people have a fond uh, memory of. Uh, rather, than, What was the first one? The John Landis one. Um, they had a European vacation. No, no, no. There was a, a National Lampoon's Animal House. Oh, Animal House. In Sorry, 78, okay. 79. Yeah. That was the first time we over here had heard the phrase National Lampoon.
5: And one of the greatest soundtracks.
4: Yeah, oh, all amazing. sorts in there Everything from uh, the Lulu thing to the other thing. <laughs> that <band? laughs> they're in it Uh, John Belushi at his most John Belushiness, but yeah Christmas Vacation is actually I think one of the better ones
5: it also sounds really exciting and exotic uh, Christmas Vacation in this country in 1989 when it came out (sighs) what were we all doing I mean 1989 I don't know waiting to see which James Bond film was going to be on
4: ITV I can't imagine what was going on in 1989 i was been married a year in fact, my daughter was—my bo- first daughter was born in
5: 1989. I was—I was 18. I was probably wearing flares and listening to the Stone Roses, I expect. Yeah, we
4: see all that passed I'm not me proud by. Of that. Not proud of that. I was up to my arse in nappies and poo. So, you were
5: too old for nappies, surely. Yeah.
4: Well, it was the only way I could leave the house with any any dignity. All right, let's play some uh, this not very good song from Christmas Vacation.
6: vacation let's go, let's go home,
4: there's only so much of this we need isn't there really it it's doesn't stick out I but i like you know the bit where the, my favorite bit is where they bring home the griswold family christmas tree you remember that and they undo it <laughs> they cut the wire and it all goes fluk, 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 this thing's about eight foot tall and smashes all the windows and all the <laughs> and the and when he when he cuts into the turkey and it all explodes oh, I what happened to what's his name Chippy he's days. old now isn't he he's, yeah he's still yeah, he's still with us yeah out there somewhere <sighs> So going, so John Hughes. Then did he do Scrooge? We were going to do Scrooge next. What was the no, he What didn't. was the, What was the link with this and Scrooge in our in there was our, our was The year before. That's the link. It was. AC is that the Scrooged. only link you've
5: got? Yeah. <laughs> Dude. It's Richard Donner. That's going. It's sort of ah, that'll bring afterwards. us into yeah.
4: Lethal Weapon after the break. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I like Scrooge. I think that is a proper Christmas movie, isn't it?
5: Yeah, Scrooge is another one I worked on the marketing for that one and again it was very it felt very American but it's it's a proper Christmas movie and at the time it was thought of as being quite ahead of its time and it does actually stand up to another viewing. It's it It's does. quite out there.
4: It's it's quite bizarre. Yeah, it's really popular. It's always been really popular in our house and it had all that kind of breaking the fourth wall at the end, didn't it? With the end credits and going, "Right, you on the left of the thing and you on the right of the thing and" Yeah, that kind of. uh, That was Bill Murray probably at his peak, was it?
5: Well, he hadn't made a movie for about four he hadn't made a movie since ghostbusters this was his first movie oh was in four it four years wow I because didn't know uh he couldn't handle the attention after ghostbusters and he just switched off for four years and came back with this one and then everyone was delighted because something <laughs> it's got ghosts in it so they could tie it to his
4: life oh right okay that's ago. interesting and oh, it's also again. yeah it's also interesting because it's a bit anti-television isn't it yeah you know but it's the the, uh, the night the reindeer died, or whatever it was, the special show that they were doing.
5: And the director Richard Donner, well, he films other other films that uh, he, he's had an extraordinary career. But other films that he's had, uh, which are worth mentioning, are The Omen and yeah. uh, Superman, yep. The Goonies. Yep. Uh, Lethal Weapon that we're going to talk about in a moment. Yeah. Lethal Weapon he directed the year before Scrooge, so it's a kind of an odd choice to go to to come from The Omen to Scrooge by way of Superman and Lethal Weapon. Yeah, because I don't, think, yeah,
4: I don't think. Yeah, I you'd you'd have him down as a, a jobbing director, was he? He wasn't. He wasn't no. that kind of director. He was, um, you know, proper. Well respected, big uh, big movie, Superman, the big biggest movie yeah.
5: in the world at the time, wasn't it? When it came out, biggest budget, biggest ever. You talked it, about that, I was, I yeah, that. it
4: was, yeah, it was the most expensive film ever made at the time, and it was a nightmare for him to make, wasn't it? Superman, and I think maybe this felt like a good project to do after the behemoth that was Superman, and Bill Murray's brilliant in it, and all that. You know, we can't get the antlers to stick on the mice. Yeah, have you tried staples? <laughs>
5: Oh but it's, it's got a very very 80s soundtrack. It's got Cool Mode D on it, which is just the most unchristmasy type. Okay, like hippity hoppity kind of a thing. Really? And, uh, what you, what well, are you playing I'm gonna it play? I'm going to play.
4: I'm going to play the end credit music, mm-hmm. which is the most overproduced 80s bombast.
8: <laughs>
4: when it's we used album. to have to put up with this stuff on the end credits, it's Annie Lennox and Al Green. Put a little love in your heart. That's right.
6: You're falling like man the head
4: A little love in your heart said in a totally dj way bait
5: i don't think any uh, actual instruments were harmed in the making of no that
4: song. no that's synthetic drum sound we didn't take money with it we did not take money with scrooge i remember it came out in the middle of november and it's that thing of having to keep it going till christmas and it didn't it just didn't manage it I can't remember what was that yet. I should have bought the big book of glory. Anyway, uh, we've got to do a break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to throw ourselves off a big building in Los Angeles. Kevin Markwick.
2: 105 Uckfield FM. You think he's
6: gone?
8: He's not gone. That's the whole point. He's never gone.
0: Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock Jingle bells swing and jingle bells ring Snowing and blowin' a bushels of fun Now the jingle hop has begun Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock Jingle bells chime in jingle bell time dancin' and prancing in jingle bell square in the frosty air What a bright time It's the right time To rock the night away Jingle bell time Is a swell time To go gliding In a one horse sleigh Giddy up jingle horse Pick up your feet Jingle around the clock Mix and a mingle In the jingle and beat Jingle bell rock. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock.
1: Jingle bells chime,
0: jingle bell time. Dancing and prancing, jingle bells ring in the frosty air. What a bright time! It's the right time to rock the night away. to go gliding in the one-horse sleigh, giddy up jingle horse pick up your feet jingle around the clock mix and a mingle in the jingle and beat that's the jingle bell that's the jingle bell that's the jingle bell rock
4: jingle bell rock bobby helms from the fantastic opening sequence of Richard Donner's um, Lethal Weapon.
5: I think that's the first actual proper Christmas song that you've
4: played really? tonight. Probably. No, what, about, what about the other one? What's her name? Judy Garland. That's quite Christmas. It is, but it's
5: very sad, isn't it? Now it, it is,
4: seems. but, you know, uh, Lethal Weapon then. So what? that was when Mel Gibson was good, back yeah, in the so day.
5: Also directed by Richard Donner, who yeah. did Scrooge next year, so he did... The first Christmas movie, Lethal Weapon in '87, we're gonna gonna have this out, and then he followed it. Would you believe with another Christmas movie in '88? So how do you how do you figure Lethal Weapon being a Christmas movie? Okay, well it's really simple. I think it opens with Jingle Bell Rock. Well, that's that's, that's, yeah, yeah, okay. Set at Christmas time, and it's a heartwarming holiday tale that's disguised. (laughs) As a thriller about these two guys, Riggs and Myrtle, who, Uh they don't seem compatible at first, but if cinema's told us anything, it's that opposites can come together to form a special bond. And that's also a bit of a Christmas story, I just think, you know, when people... So it's about
4: family. It's
5: about family, and at the end of the movie, what happens? Riggs is welcomed to spend Christmas with the Myrtle family, you see. It's true. Having got rid of the bad guys and all it's of that. It's not dry.
4: I mean, I would say the 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 eyes in the house were quite dry though, weren't they? It wasn't a wasn't dripping with sentiment.
5: No, that's very true. And unlike unlike uh The Ultimate Christmas movie that we'll be talking about <clears throat> soon, the yes. sequels didn't try to be all about Christmas as well. They went all over the place, didn't they? And got progressively worse.
4: Though. Maybe it's about because I suppose Murtor's thing is he's um he doesn't belong anywhere, does he?
5: Uh, no, Murtor is,
4: is Danny Glover. Ah, oh, sorry, Riggs, yeah. Riggs. Oh, Murtagh is just Riggs about to work. doesn't belong, and he's going to top himself. He's
5: like he? you, he's stumbling around the studio going, I'm too old, I'm too old for this stuff. And then Riggs is a crazy guy. Yeah,
4: they're, they, they, yeah. yeah, well, he's the lethal weapon. Yeah, yeah. Which I always thought they lost sight of in subsequent movies. The yeah. fact that, you know, Riggs was a dangerous character to be around, wasn't he? I guess they couldn't keep that going his hair just got
5: bigger and <laughs>
4: fluffier
5: and the, the second is it lethal weapon 2 which has the south africans in it yeah which i spent maybe 20 years of my life maybe more at inappropriate times walking around going diplomatic immunity Dipl- which remains my favorite ever he's uh, been like,
4: decaffeinated de-caf- oh, wasn't it is that a line awful. from that Awful. He's been decaffeinated. Oh, my goodness.
5: But the first one is one of the great Christmas movies. Maybe an alternative Christmas movie, but definitely it's a great Christmas movie. Okay. Yeah, because you can have thrillers at Christmas. It doesn't have to be all about, you know, is is the man that works in the department store really Santa Claus for real or not? You can Mm -hmm. have them. And case in point, uh, Shane Black, whose first film he wrote was Lethal Weapon...
4: Not a bad start.
5: Directed Kiss kiss, kiss, bang, kiss Bang
4: Bang, which we're going to go into. Now, you <laughs> don't think this is a Christmas movie.
5: <sighs> That's right. Lethal Weapon, Christmas movie, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah, but there's as
4: much That's Christmas in sure. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang as there is in a Lethal Weapon, isn't it's- there? She goes the, around in a Santa suit it, for most of the film. The lovely and talented Michelle Monaghan
5: yeah. has the misfortune of having to wear a skimpy Santa costume for most of the I
4: I, 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 I felt that was fine and part of the story and, and was part of her character, that was fine. But to me, that does not make it a Christmas movie. And what movie, does it start with? What's the thing it starts with? It starts with Robert Downey Jr. stealing a toy because he can't afford to buy one for his son or whatever it is, or his niece or his nephew... At Christmas, yeah, I'll, I'll grant you that—that that is very true. I know it was fun, and Shane <laughs> You're have Black. To watch it again, aren't I? Shane Black. I mean, he's yeah. Shane Black is interesting, isn't he? Because you th- you kind of immediately think this is going to be great, but actually, that's not necessarily the case. Well, the poor man—he's got a very cool name, Shane. Black. Shane Black. And his first movie that brought attention—lethal weapon. weapon. Yeah, so, then Monster Squad. Where'd you go from what the there? The hell was that? I don't even remember that. Uh, Last Boy Scout, which was very popular, I seem to remember at the time. It passed me by. I have to say, it was Bruce Willis, wasn't it?
5: It was Bruce Willis, and it was. It had been in development for years and years, and various actors had been in it. It was supposed to be Schwarzenegger,
4: I think, and uh, yeah. all sorts of people. It was one of those it was
5: really this big thing, and it I, never quite.
4: I don't think we had the blacklist at the time, did we? I don't mm-hmm. think it existed at that time. Mm-hmm. The Blacklist is a is a list of scripts that are just too good not to have been produced. I think that's how you would describe it. Unproduced uh, the best scripts. unproduced scripts in Hollywood. And this yeah. list once a year now, it's sort of almost like a, a thing. It goes around uh, to all the agencies and the execs about and, and I think that was one of those scripts. It was like a, a script so good, there was no way this film wasn't ever going to get made. And then he got entangled in the Last Action Hero, which is one of the great Hollywood disasters of all time. That was Schwarzenegger, wasn't it?
5: He was clearly already scrambling for new yeah, ideas. That, that was the a name, debacle. Than the word "last" in uh, in two movies. Just yeah,
4: and Long Kiss Goodnight, which did okay, I think. I didn't that like wasn't bad actually
5: that was yeah, a sort of return to yeah, form after many years yeah. but it's not memorable I, I remember enjoying watching it but I can't remember it now
4: and Kiss 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 Bang Bang it was his directorial debut in 2005 it was as late as that so you know where they get the title from you know what Kiss 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 Bang Bang is what it's the Japanese name for James Bond that's if you translate what they call James Bond he's Mr Kiss Kiss Bang Bang I don't think I knew that
5: yeah that's great.
4: And because, and, and they, they um, uh, you know, Broccoli and everybody were so enamoured when they found this out. They actually, there's a song on the end of uh, one of them. Which one is it? I think it's, ooh, and I'm supposed to be the Bond expert <laughs> around here. It's on the end of, oh, which one is it? Chaney's out there, he'll know. Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang by, um, uh, 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 oh, God. You know, Walk On By, what's the name? <laughs>
5: Nancy, uh, Nancy,
4: no, uh, Nancy no no oh no Yeah, oh, Warwick, Dion Warwick Dion Warwick <laughs> Mr Kiss Kiss Bang Bang yeah and yeah
5: uh, no, I, I know that song yeah, yeah and it's but, on the end of I don't uh, think
4: it's on the end of because um, unusual you know So yeah, what is it on the end of oh that's really annoyed me look oh I've got empty carts now we'll play a bit of, uh, who wrote the music for uh, the film we're talking about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang that was uh, oh Michael Kamen Doffer for the cap to Mr. Cayman then Did you know that? No you didn't. didn't I'm going to play some, here you go Uh, That's Michael Kamen. Part of Michael Kamen's score from uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Shane Black's very Christmassy film. It's great. Val Kilmer was good in that. It's got that great line about, You know what happens... If I look up the word idiot in the dictionary and um, he says, what, you see a picture of me? He says, no, I see the definition of idiot, which is what you are. That's very very, very kind of Shane Blackie dialogue, isn't it?
5: It's good writing. It's a nice piece of music, too.
4: It is, it is. Right, so we're going to we're gonna go backwards in time now to 1960. Hmm. Is it 1960? I yeah, believe 60. it is. Now, he's one of my heroes, Billy Wilder, The Apartment. Again, not the most obvious Christmassy film, but it's, again, about... Um, belonging and finding your place isn't it it's
5: set at christmas set at christmas yeah there's an amazing scene with a christmas party Yep. Uh, uh lots of lots of drunkenness and chaos
4: yep. And so jack lemon is a uh, put on sort of uh insurance clerk isn't he in this fantastic office Shot in Cinemascope, black and white Cinemascope. And he's in this office, like rows and rows and rows of desks. But he's uh, taken advantage of, because he has this uh, handy apartment in, presumably, in Manhattan. And um, so he lets the key out to all his uh, bosses for them to take their lady friends, who aren't their wives, (laughs) for an assignation. And he falls in love with Shirley MacLaine. Who wouldn't fall in love with Shirley MacLaine in that film? She's so lovely in that film.
5: She's wonderful in that film. It's a heart-wrenching film. It's, there's a lot of... Yeah, and he yeah, well,
4: she tries to, you know, end it all, and he saves her. And it's got one of the... Ga- we we ran it recently at the cinema, and the trailer has... <laughs> we ran the original trailer. We cribbed it off the internet and made a DCP out of it. And it has... The, 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 in the trailer is the bit about, I love you, Miss Kubelik. And she goes, shut up and deal, which is the end of the it's film. That's the very last line. I even. know, but you can't put that in the trailer. <laughs> That's terrible. I don't know. Who wrote the music? Uh, oh, actually, the other thing we were going to say about um, Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was used on the end of um, Thunderball. Because it was going to be the main... Uh, hang on, I'm looking up the apartment. Unless you got it there, have you? No. Uh, Billy Wall- who I should know wrote the music. It's really bad. Oh, it does not exist. 1960 American comedy film. Uh, Adolf Deutsch, of course.
5: What else did he do?
4: He did very many things. Uh, Oh, crikey, loads. They drive by night. Tugboat Annie sails again. I want to see that. I want to see Tugboat Annie sails again.
8: Uh, Maltese
4: Falcon, for goodness sake. Okay. I mean, great stuff. Proper old school Hollywood composer um yeah look at that i mean loads soldiers three that was good the bandwagon torch song oh loads so let's play uh some music from the apartment this is going well isn't it Nick? <laughs> <laughs> Ice cream time with Lion's Mane. Ice cream time with Lion's
3: Mane. There's magic in the air this evening. Magic in the air. The world is at her best. You know when people love and care. The promise of excitement is one the night will keep. After all, there's only one more sleep till Christmas. Hello, and everyone is family. We're having so much fun. After all, there's only one more sleep till Christmas. to keep love alive. is in our hearts today we're shining like the sun and everyone can feel it the feeling's running deep after all there's only one more sleep till christmas after all there's only one more sleep till christmas
4: Does that give you a warm, fuzzy glow inside?
5: Well, I think you had tears in your eyes during the apartment, and (laughs) uh, I had a tear or two uh, in my eyes for that one. So,
4: One More Sleep Till Christmas from The Muppets' Christmas Carol.
5: Yeah, and uh, Kermit does sound a little bit strange... In that, his voice sounds a little bit off. It was the first Muppet movie made after Jim Henson had died, so I can't so... remember who was voicing him, possibly Henson's brother, I
4: can't remember. You know, I never actually noted did, uh, uh, Can you hear oh, that no. difference? You didn't realise the Muppets. No, they're not real. What are you talking about? Oh my God! You'll be te- no, I can't say that. Yeah, that um, but uh, it's
5: it, it's a brilliant film and uh, a fantastic story. So Ben, uh, my amazing director on this documentary that we're making together at the moment, uh, made a film. Well, it was five years in the making. He spent a lot of time with uh, one Michael Caine, which
4: is my course, generation. Fine,
5: fine documentary. Plays second fiddle to Kermit and the gang in uh, <laughs> in this movie. And during that time, I think he got to know him reasonably well. And he actually, at some at one point, told. Mr. Kane, that uh, Muppet Christmas Carol was, in fact, his favourite
4: Michael Kane film of all time. Not Get Carter. Not no. Get Carter. Not, not Italian, Italian Job. <laughs> no. None of the Batman movies. Not no Swarm. Movies. No. <laughs> Muppet Christmas uh, not Carol. Not Jaws 3. <laughs> no, Jaws 4. Jaws 3. Jaws D- the Revenge. In, uh, whatever it was, yeah. What was he thinking? Yeah. So how did Mr. Kane take it?
5: I think he was possibly slightly underwhelmed by that uh, choice, given the uh, extraordinary repertoire that he had. Yeah, I mean,
4: do you know, I mean, my kids watched it endlessly growing up. And I, I, in fact, my, what I think of when I think of The Muppets Christmas Carol is my frustration with my dear old dad. Because he shut down for Christmas. He would shut down Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and Boxing Day. Come hell or high water. And I remember... um, We were showing Muppets Christmas Carol and so I took, I think I had two kids at the time, Harry and Katie, and we went and ran it to ourselves on Christmas Eve afternoon in the cinema and all you could hear was the phone ringing and the door rattling because people couldn't believe we were shut on Christmas Eve while we were showing the Muppets Christmas Carol, which would frankly have been a license to print money. It was it just stuck in my head as a thing that I was going to change at some point. Meaning no disrespect, you know. Well, maybe a little bit. But it was, what an odd decision to make. It,
5: seeing, seeing movies at Christmas is—it's uh, a big thing. It's, it can be a big family tradition.
4: It is. I think um, the week actually after Christmas is the biggest week of the year for us often, that bit between Christmas and New Year uh, because of, and the reason we generally take more money is because there are more adults because uh, often families have uncle and auntie and whatever and um, so five of them need to get out of the house because they're going to kill each other if they don't and if you've got exactly the right film on you can clean up.
5: In the United States going to the movies on Christmas Day is a thing
4: because
5: yes they've had the genius of having a big heavy meal in November. Yeah. So, you know, they can play it light on Christmas and actually go out and see a movie.
4: Yeah, Christmas doesn't really... I mean, I, my experience in of, of America being what it is, it never really shuts down like we do here. You know, it doesn't... Uh, even on Thanksgiving. I mean, Thanksgiving, does that shut down more on Thanksgiving or more at Christmas? I never quite worked that one out.
5: Yeah, good question. It's all about shopping now, isn't it? No, That's but go to the movies on Christmas. I don't
4: think we're technically allowed to open... Yeah. On Christmas Day, we're not allowed.
5: Where it's one of the biggest days of the year in the US.
4: Yeah. Um, movies
5: come out on Christmas Day yeah. Like yeah.
4: Which is no good if you want to work. I always feel, well, you know, people want to be at home with their families. Money's not everything, you know.
5: There's a James Bond film on ITV. Come on,
4: people. Yeah. Uh, so, what we're going to do now is a bit. Well, that was Muppet's Christmas Carol, which you say was the first. So, that wasn't. Yes, because of course he used to do the voice, didn't he, mm. for Kermit? Oh, man, that's really sad um he died very young uh jim henson and actually the films were of variable quality weren't they the muppet movies they had a bit of a resurgence after there was that one disney made fairly recently called i can't remember what it's called but anyway it did all right and then they made a sequel, which was equally as bad as all the other sequels. So.
5: Yeah, it was a real shame. The first one was magical. Yeah, the new and they ones, sort of the spong it. The second one was awful.
4: Yeah, and they sort yeah. of spung it, don't they?
1: Well,
5: I tell you what, this summer I took my daughter to see the Muppets live at the O2 in that oh, London. Oh, wow. And it was, it was truly brilliant. Was Doing it? Doing old sketches, it was really, really magical.
4: Yeah, the old TV show, the Lord, Lord Lou Grades yeah. <laughs> TV show. Because it, it was the UK, really, wasn't it, that, exactly. that got them off the ground?
5: They, they came back to, to, to England to do these shows, these yeah. special shows. I yeah. loved it. I don't think my daughter got much out of it, but I loved it. It's
4: the cool. one time I've seen them was that we went to... Uh, oh, it was a 50th birthday of Michael Giacchino, the composer. And he had the... Um, he had Gonzo there, the actual guy doing the Gonzo voice with the Gonzo puppet. And it is. You're completely besotted by it as soon as you see it. It's, it's extraordinary. And yet you can even see him doing the, the this and the that and the moving the puppet. But it's still Gonzo. It's absolutely Gonzo. Yeah. And, yeah, I used to love the Muppets. Um, but, but in terms of box office, it was the first one that was the biggest, biggest one, the Muppet movie. That was massive. And then I remember the second one, The Great Muppet Caper, I think it was called. We were ready. Four shows a day. Here we go. And nobody showed up. And that's happened over the years. You know, Never Ending Story 2. Forget it. Never Ending Story. Enormous. Never Ending Story. Nope. It's funny how that happens. Babe. I mean, crikey. Babe was so huge that when they did the second Babe, we were girding our loins for this massive film that just didn't
5: happen. And that second film is incredible because it is everything that the first film isn't it's dark it's yeah. scary i remember i remember seeing it in the cinema
4: and children being taken out crying oh, i love their that because it was such a dark film. <laughs> i love that which actually brings us on to nicely onto tim burton because one of my first experiences of that kind of reaction to a film was a short film that tim burton made called uh, which he then turned into a feature uh it was one about the door frank and Weenie. And I think it was his student film or something. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And uh, it was his uh, graduation film, wasn't it, from film school. And kids were utterly terrified by this film. And um, they came screaming out of the theatre. It was short. It was like 20 minutes. It was live action. It wasn't animated. It was live action. And I remember the first day it happened, I said, no, no, honestly, kids, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. And we talked them into going, all these kids into going back in. And, of course, the feature was Return to Oz, which was equally as terrifying. Walter Murch, the only film Walter Murch has ever directed, and and it had that headless witch in it chasing these kids around, and they ooh, and out, out they all come again. It was uh, extraordinary. I think they they don't scare kids enough in films anymore. Walter Murch, one of the greatest editors, absolutely ever. Sound editor clearly editor. was just patiently waiting for his opportunity <laughs> to scare the crap out of children, all the kids. So Burton brings us on to we're going to sort of do Burton stroke um, Danny Elfman. So Edward Scissorhands. Let's play the music from Edward Scissorhands and then we'll talk about that. So I think we may have made a mistake, this is not a Christmas film,
5: is it? No, I disagree. I think that's the sound. Maybe it's a Winterville uh, film, because it's all there's just nothing but snow in that movie.
4: Well, it starts beautifully with the snow and the, yeah.
5: I think Tim Burton was obsessed by Christmas, and this is the first, to me, of his Christmas trilogy effect.
4: <laughs> the second being. You just three... made up a trilogy, yeah, on the I, spot. I did. I, I saw it in your eyes. I'm doing that. <laughs> They went big, didn't they? I had a little light yeah, bulb. Yeah, was like, there. oh my god, I've just made up the Tim Burton Christmas trilogy. Big light bulb going That's off. That's hilarious. It. But he made
5: three films back to back: Edward Scissorhands, yes, Batman Returns, <clears throat> which okay. is very much Christmas in Gotham City, yeah. and also maybe he was obsessed by winter and not Christmas. It's got the penguin. Danny DeVito is the penguin. I'm sure that others there's an exploding present. That's very much a Christmas movie. And then the third one in '93, the year after the Nightmare Before Christmas, which he did not.
4: He didn't direct that. Direct, no. But he's a bit of Batman Returns here. Yeah, yeah go
5: on. So uh, so <laughs> Batman Returns, Batman definitely a Christmas movie. It's again it's a little bit of a uh, alternative Christmas movie, I think. You there are a lot of action movies out there. You could have a great night watching Lethal Weapon, Batman Returns and the greatest Christmas film of all time, which we will not mention. Which quite we won't yet, mention
4: nearly, nearly nearly. It's coming soon. All right, here's a bit more Danny Elfman.
5: It's not at all Christmassy. I didn't actually notice you change yeah. the track. I thought that yeah. was the same. I thought that was still Edward's bomb bomb, bomb, bomb,
4: bomb, 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 <laughs> Danny Elfman. Bomb, bomb,
5: bomb, bomb. No, this is this is pure bad. It's a great soundtrack, isn't it?
4: But uh, it is. Do you think Nolan's rather overshadowed all of this?
5: They've aged really badly. The Tim Burton ones. Have they?
4: Uh, all I
5: remember of this movie. This is going to sound terrible, no, but Michael Michael Keaton's nipples on
4: his what? Uh, on his costume. No, did he have nipples? I thought yeah, it was Clooney yeah, had he, the nipples. Oh, did he have them as well? Yeah, I've got,
5: maybe I've got that one wrong. Maybe I think you're just Cooney trying. You're
4: clearly fantasising about <laughs> Batman's nipples.
5: It was a great cast. Danny DeVito was a penguin. So he,
4: that, I think it's better cast. than the first film. I do.
5: Yeah, the first one was a bit rubbish, and then it's got Michelle Pfeiffer in it as Catwoman, hasn't it, Yes, one it has. Well, who's, the, like it.
4: who's the romantic interest in that one? I can't remember. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer? Well, it's Michelle Pfeiffer, isn't it, presumably? No, what was the one with um, Nicole Kidman? No, that was the other one. <laughs>
5: <laughs> there were a lot of Batman movies
4: out there, so... Uh, oh, well, they got bad when that other guy started directing them, didn't he? What's his name? Shoemaker, Schumacher. Joel Schumacher. Oh, yeah. dear. They were terrible. The one with Arnold
5: Schwarzenegger, that was awful, that one. A yeah.
4: freeze is coming. <laughs> See, that's quite Christmassy. Hang it's on, very, Batman Returns. A freeze is coming, I'll keep doing it. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, no, you're right. She was the love interest. So Edward Scissorhands, a little bit
5: Christmassy, all that snow and what have you. Batman Returns,
4: definitely a bit more Christmassy. Did it have, did it have like, big, giant things didn't it in it that were christmassy and yeah, scary and
5: the pe- the, i think the penguin gave a gift to gotham city or similar which blew up which is it- a christmas so it's very much a christmas theme around it in the
4: background am i imagining it or did some of the penguins have santa hats or like, is, that, is, is that is that a fanciful memory no that's more kind of aardman isn't it, there than aren't it a is lot of burton penguin movies there. there should be more movies with penguins then i think that's uh, <sighs> That's the greatest one. Wrong Trousers is the greatest Penguin movie no, of all that's time. That's very true. That's very but true. But it's not at all Christmassy, I don't think. But
5: his third movie of the Christmas the trilogy... The Christmas
4: trilogy that, that Mr. Nick Rowe has just invented.
5: Well, it's called The Nightmare Before Christmas. So, yeah, so uh,
4: what else is it? You know,
5: it was uh, t- uh, Tim Burton. It's an idea he came up with in 1982 at Disney. And he was working with them at the time. Then he went off and started making amazing, amazing movies. And then he eventually came back to see that they still owned the rights to it. And uh, the film... Got made in ninety. Came out in nineteen
4: ninety three. It's a bit of a perennial now, isn't it? They they keep resurrecting it. They keep reissuing it. Yeah, I've it, never seen it. <laughs> so tell me about the film, Kevin. What's I've your favourite part of it? I've never bloody seen it. Do you like the bit when? Oh, it's the stop motion animation is beautiful. No, I know what, what it is. Now. I showed it. I was a projectionist. <laughs> I, 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 I I projected it, but I I didn't sit through it. The songs are very good.
5: It's never quite as good as I expect it to be. It's well, Jack yeah, Skellington, it? uh, he lives in Halloween Town and they... Well, it's not horrib- Christmas, it's Halloween. And they do horrible things if you see the movie. To oh, right. okay. the Christmas Town and they go and steal Christmas, you see, from... Uh, uh, I think, you know, he realises this is ultimately a bad thing. Someone
4: will
5: put not me like- right on this, but uh, I think that's a general story.
4: You're always the bad guy if you want to ruin Christmas, aren't you? That's the way to be a bad guy in a Christmas movie,
5: yeah, which can be fun. I mean, Bad Santa is about someone ruining Christmas. Do you it? know, very I was funny t- movie.
4: trying to find a clip I could use from Bad Santa and I couldn't find one. There are no clips well, that you can
5: use. It's still hilarious. It's very rude, but it's very, very funny. And then a terrible sequel, Bad Santa 2. Awful.
4: Yeah, that was awful. But I mean, I have to make an mission quite a long way into the show now that I'm, I'm not a big fan of Christmas movies. <laughs> How rubbish is that? Well, All right, let's have some music from Nightmare Before Uh It was stop motion, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah and um that's where i think i get i because you know ray harryhausen stop motion for me you know i want i want a six armed <laughs> buddha well the film was fighting di- a dinosaur the Sorry, film was
5: directed yeah. by henry Selick i think it was right. he directed Coraline which is another of those terrifying films
4: well that still- yes that whole studio and i can't think what it which what the studio is called that makes all of those films yeah see i've done it to you i've done to you what my own brain does to me They're actually really good. Kubo and the two strings. and uh, I mean, just remarkable stuff. All right. Let's have a bit of music from Nightmare Before Christmas. Then we'll decide what to do next. Probably going to have a drink, I should think. Ah! It's coming. It's definitely coming. Did I press the right button? No. There you go. I'm going to have to leave it there. That wasn't the best bit to choose, was it? Because <sighs> we're already running very late for the break. So I'll do a break. And when we come back, the Christmas film you all love and I absolutely hate.
8: Ladies and gentlemen, did you know that Sunquash, your favourite orange drink, is in this cinema now? Well, it's it's a in a lovely container longer. you can see through. Long so you know when it's time drinks. to buy some more. Ha <laughs> ha. is on sale now.
2: Kevin Markwick.
8: that's a bingo (laughs) I
1: feel it in my fingers I feel it in my toes
3: Christmas is all around me and so the Grows, it's written in the wind.
4: Make it stop. Make it stop. Look you
5: you look like you've got food poisoning
4: or something now. You've just gone <laughs> sweaty and white and Okay, so here's the thing. This is one of those this is where, you know, I have two this is where my life as a film fan is a bit schizophrenic because on the one hand, I can't mm. complain as a cinema owner about the vast and vast they were sums of money that that film took. And so There's a part of my brain that fully understands why that film was so successful. Because, and there's lots of different reasons, one of them being that, uh, and sometimes frustratingly, when people go to the pictures, they like to know they're going to like it. Like, it needs to be, like, pre... It needs to be a done deal that they're going to like this film. And um, his films... Oh, I always forget his blinking name. Richard Curtis. Richard Curtis films fall into that category, don't they? They are absolutely going to love it. Unless they're, I don't know, unless they're a Guardian critic or something. Notting Hill. Yeah, Notting Hill, um, Four Weddings, uh, although he didn't direct that one, did he? Bridget Jones. Yeah. And it's this kind of version, it's this upper, it's not even upper middle class, is it? What is it? It's like, it's a version of Britain that doesn't, does it exist? It's our equivalent of Disneyland, I think, basically. I mean, no, it doesn't exist.
5: Everything's perfect. It's uh, it, it's completely absurd.
4: Smug, smuggy, smuggy town. It's like, look at my wonderful life that I live in. And he actually introduced uh, that terrible film he made, uh, The Boat That Rocks. He came and introduced it to us exhibitors, sitting arms folded, going, well, this is not going to be a hit, is it? Is it, Richard? Hmm? Not going to be able to pay pay for a holiday on this one. Um and, you know, he talked about his love of music and how, you know, in the dorm room at school, this is how he... And I'm going, Did, your, your experience of life is not most people's experience of life, is it? Not that that should set him... You know, I shouldn't be so hard on him. But to present this as a normal way of living in, in, in Britain is just kind of pukeifying I think. Uh, uh,
5: love, love actually is is absurd. But it's one of those films... I can't, I, I
4: can't take my eyes off it. It's, um... <sighs> well, stop and think about it for a minute. No, someone once described it to me. And I, I know this... <sighs> Whoever's listening out there is going, but I love that film. I love Love actually, It's my favourite film. Um, and you are just an elitist twit for talking like this. But, okay, just somebody actually once described it to me as uh, like drinking a hot chocolate with 27 sugars in it, which is actually quite a good way to describe it. But just think about the plots in that film. There's the stalky guy, yeah? Then somebody pointed out on Twitter actually the other day, three of the plots in that film. Uh, are about much older men having affairs with their much younger employees. Deeply
5: troubling. Yeah. It really is. It really is. Yeah.
4: It's not. It's like pretty. It kind of falls in the pretty woman category, doesn't it? If you stop and think about pretty woman, it's pretty distasteful. I would suggest. Um, but as my favourite, I love it. It's easy watching, isn't it? I'm
5: I'm enjoying this though because this is the equivalent yeah. with you of uh, p- poking a uh, wasp's <laughs> nest, isn't it?
4: But as a cinema owner, I go. Give me
5: more of those. Well, they did, didn't they? Because, you know, three years later, you had The Holiday with Cameron Diaz Ugh. and Jude Law. People love that film. Accidentally renting each it. other's houses and they falling love in it. Not accidentally. Renting and falling in love. And it, it, it was it was a, a sort of a pale uh, yes. version of Love, actually. Even it a paler, was. Even whiter.
4: But, you know, Love Actually is in our top ten highest grossing films of all time. So who the hell am I to be so... St- I have real... I kind of... A real, it's, it's, it's the Mamma Mia thing. It's like, I'd rather bang my head on the desk with a hammer than watch Mamma Mia. But how com—how how can I complain when it makes me so much money? And how, how can I be... Because actually, one of the things is, it's great that people love to go to the cinema. That's the other thing about it. And how can I decry that? It, it really does set up this terrible, terrible tension in me. I don't understand. You smile sweetly <laughs> and you say, not for me, but uh, enjoy yourself. I, I know. I go I on, should... tell, us,
5: tell us about a film that you like.
4: A film that Christ, I... a,
5: a Christmas film that, uh, I, I, you know...
4: I can't think of one. What have we got? Gremlins? Do we going to do that one? Yeah, go Quite on. I like that one. I just can't say <laughs> I like it that much. A Christmas <laughs> film I like. Uh, oh, Black Christmas okay go on that's really horrible that. isn't it which is a serial killer movie about a bunch of uh, students really quite well-off looking students you have to say don't they i don't know what kind of sorority they're in but margot kidder and uh, olivia Hussey, and they're all look very well to do but there's a serial killer living in the loft and he picks them off one by one and it's scary as hell
5: had they all grown up and had their lives, they probably would have made uh, Love
4: Actually. or uh, something uh, like that. Possibly. But yeah. they were about 35 at the time, I think. Oh, OK. Yeah, they were way too old, like they used to be in those movies. I remember the poster, I wish I still had it, that'd be worth a fortune, was the woman in the rocking chair with all of the um, polythene round her. She's been suffocated by the killer and uh i think and 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 the the line on the poster was that this doesn't mesh doesn't make your flesh creep it's on too tight <laughs> that's, that's how you sell a christmas
5: movie i'm amazed are more christmas horror films actually there have been two or three but no yeah you not got, got a
4: krampus i never saw that yeah. that was a horror movie there was yeah. another one um yeah there was a f- there's been a few yeah i mean santa claus is someone who comes into your house at night it should be terrifying. It should be absolutely terrifying. We were watching the, um, uh, it was on the TV, the Santa Claus, and it's sort of pukifying bit where the little girl wakes up and goes, "I oh, do," and he kisses her on the top of the head and leaves it. Come on, if your kids woke up, they was asleep on the sofa at night and they saw a man in a big red suit, they'd scream their heads off. I hope they? so. Yeah. 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 I know I that's not do. the point. <laughs> I know that's not the point. But what I mean is, there should be more horror. There should be more horror capable, you know, more more horror movies. Yeah, that's it. That's the next thing we're doing, Nick. We're writing the ultimate Christmas horror movie.
5: Well, Gremlins is sort of a light yeah, horror I guess film, it is, isn't yeah. it? In a way,
4: I uh, never quite understood the rules of Gremlins though.
5: Uh, no, don't let them drink water. Yeah,
4: don't feed them after midnight. And uh, and never, make a, never <laughs> make a sequel.
5: Never make a sequel.
4: Which they did. They yeah. ignored the third rule. Yeah. Uh, but the music was good. It was old fancy pants, one of our favourites. Um, uh, you know, uh, Jerry Goldsmith. Jerry Goldsmith.
5: We it's like got, Jerry Goldsmith on it's this got, It was written by Chris Columbus.
4: Yes, who went name. on to do Harry Potter.
5: Well, his name comes, comes up a lot at Christmas because he directed Home Alone. He produced Jingle All the Way. Not a good film.
4: No, that was a terrible in film. Anyway, no.
5: And he even, he produced uh, a film called The Christmas Chronicles this oh, year Netflix. As a cinema owner, you may not be oh, aware of Oh, th- uh, no, well,
4: I'm very aware sorry, of Netflix. Well, uh, is that the one with, um, you know, yeah, Mr. One. Pants? Yeah. Him, him from Escape from New York. Yeah. Yeah. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Yeah, Kurt Russell. I haven't seen it.
5: Yeah, so, uh, no, I haven't seen that So, Chris
4: Columbus, yeah, I mean, yeah, so that's what he's doing, because obviously he did the first two Harry Potters, which are sort of Christmassy, aren't they? I mean, they they kind of fall in that category of their Christmas movies, because that's, in my mind, because that's when they were released, at Christmas. Those first two were, anyway.
5: One of them does take place over Christmas and Christmas holidays. Does it? I remember the books do, but they presume they all do, actually, because they all have, you know, a year in the life of... One
4: merges into the other for me. At least one of them... I thought, you know, those Chris, Christmas elements. Well, then. those Chris Columbus ones were like, I thought, like watching a freight train go past on a, on a level crossing, clanking past your eyes at an incredibly slow rate for about two and a half hours. <laughs> hey, they, for me, they only picked up when uh, Alfonso Cuaron directed the third one, didn't he? The Prisoner of Azkaban. That was much more, you know, snappy and got on with it. But yeah, and he did Mrs. Doubtfire, which is a massive hit for us. Yeah. that was him wasn't it
5: so he, so christmas movies yeah harry Potter. you sort of think of it as a christmas movie because it played at christmas played
4: at christmas yeah
5: likewise the lord of the Rings. lord of
4: the rings thank you and this is what distributors have done to us over the years is they've kind of set up this pavlovian expectation that we're going to get a big franchise film at christmas mm. and this is actually the first year for a while we've not had one i mean we've got mary, Pop- mary poppins count as a franchise film Kind of sort ask, of ask not. again, another 30 years. Yeah, I think it will. I think I don't. The, the, the way it's looking, the amount of money this film is going to take, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't have to wait another 45 years for a Mary Poppins movie. But it's, a, you know, again, it's great, great Christmassy stuff. We should uh, do. Okay, Gremlins. What can we say? Said at Christmas. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of fun, wasn't it?
5: It was really fun. 1984, Joe Dante. Yeah, Joe Dante. Uh, yeah. Horror films. And yeah, it was. It was very much set at Christmas. Christmas sweaters come into it big time, don't they, I think? Do and they? Uh, we had
4: all sorts of trouble with it. We had two cinemas at the time a cinema in Ashford and a cinema in Uckfield. And UIP would only give us one print. And we had to decide where we wanted to show it Uckfield or Ashford. How mean was that? That <laughs> <laughs> so did I not think- work
5: for them at the time at that point. Yeah. No.
4: Really. <laughs> it didn't start <laughs> did till say- 86. OK, I didn't want to be very clear. <laughs> Thank you, Okay, let's listen to uh, the theme from Gremlins.
0: Top and Shop Sunday. On sale
4: now.
8: Oh, the weather outside is frightful. But the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. It doesn't show signs of stopping. And they brought some corn for popping. The lights are turn way down low. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. When we finally kiss goodnight, how oh, I hate going out in the storm. But if you really hold me tight, all the way home I'll be warm. The fire is slowly dying, and my dear, we're still goodbye as long as you love me so let it snow let it snow
4: hello kevin markwick here it's Uckfield fm on a monday night uh we're talking here with nick hello nick hello about Christmas movies we're sort of talking about Christmas movies we're talking nonsense and then occasionally playing some records that have a sort of a Christmassy thing so if you want to get in touch with the show please do at Kevin Markwick on Twitter is probably the best way now Uh, let us know uh, what you think is the best Christmas movie don't say love actually (laughs) no you can say love actually each to their own uh, absolutely you can call (laughs) me an idiot and say Call yourself a film fan. What's the matter with you? Uh, there is a Facebook page, The Kevin Markwick Show, uh, and I believe you can also email the studio. Although, in six years, I don't believe anyone has ever done that on my show. Uh, studio at uckfieldfm.co.uk. Uh, there's even actually uh, a webcam you can go to. I don't know if you can see Nick on the webcam because he's facing it. You can just see the back of my head. That's terrifying. You didn't tell me there's
2: webcam. <laughs> I don't know. If <laughs> <anything in
4: there. laughs> so let it snow from die hard which in the last few years has become a real it's been a real um you know subject for debate is die hard a christmas movie nick
5: well i'm going to dive right in and say it's not a christmas movie it's the christmas movie that's
4: fight and talk
5: Okay, where do we start? So, Die Hard, 1988, directed by John McTiernan. Yeah. Uh, the year now is 31 AHD. That's 31 years after Die Hard came out. Uh, those of us who are fans refer to it. Uh, uh. The year of our Lord, John McClane, <laughs> who was uh, Bruce Willis's, uh-huh. uh, uh character. He. Um, it was a movie that turned him into an action star. Uh, he played against Alan Rickman in his first movie role. Uh, last year in 2017, Empire Movie Magazine listed Die Hard. We'll have a guess, Kevin, and its 110 yes. greatest movies of all time. Greatest movies of Christmas, all time, not we're Christmas greatest movies. Greatest movies of all time. 110. Where did Die Hard come on that list?
4: Right. Well, I would have to say, given, you know, ignoring, you know, uh, Ingmar Bergman, Antonioni... You know, Stanley Kubrick, Billy Wilder, 75th.
5: Number 20, Kevin. What? 20th, okay? Why? Uh, and in, uh, a few years before that, in 2010, same magazine. I uh, do not have shares in them and I don't actually read it. But uh, in 2010, <laughs>
4: well, it's useful for my argument,
5: Yes. Uh, Die Hard was voted the greatest Christmas film of all time.
4: Now, what's been buzzing around the internet the last couple of days is that uh, chap Stephen Fellows, who's a brilliant analyst of movies, has been analysing to the nth degree why Die Hard is the Christmas movie. What does he find? Well, first of all, the word Christmas...
5: The word Christmas appears 18 times in the script, which is more than the words explode, which appears four times, die five times, Uh, and hard 11 times, which is interesting, isn't it? Die only appears five times and hard 11. Shoot appears 12 times, kill 13, blood 13, but it does have far fewer references sadly than gun, which has 73, terrorist, which has 51, and suddenly. Alright, so they're mentioned
4: more than the word Christmas.
5: Yeah, exactly, but uh, it's definitely a Christmas movie. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Bruce Willis's character John McClane is getting home to meet his estranged wife uh, on Christmas Eve and that's when the movie starts it's got a Christmas setting Uh, there were cues in the score which features sleigh bells uh it's got uh, he hops into a limousine with the driver argyle who plays a big role and christmas mm. in hollis is playing in the background by run dmc which we just tried to find you but we refused refused couldn't find it to play that
4: no i did I field fm <laughs> oddly doesn't have christmas in hollis by run dmc <laughs> in its immediately available library
5: and that song, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, by uh, Vaughan Monroe, plays at the end credits before yes. it goes charging into Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, oh, just to give it yes, a bit of bombast.
4: Nice. Of course. Oh, uh, he also used it in Die Hard 2, I believe.
5: Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a recurring, it's a recurring uh, oh, musical it? theme, I think, in there. Yeah.
4: No, but um, the second one was Christmassy, but they weren't after that, were they? Uh,
5: no, they weren't. The second, no, then the third one it was like a hot, sweaty or, uh, day in New York, wasn't one it? One of them was rubbish, and then the. No, they're all, all no, pretty three, much rubbish apart from the first, the one. first one. The New York one was brilliant. There's a chase in a taxi through Central Park. They're going bouncing all over the. The one place. with really um, one. Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, that one was great. Maybe it was four that was rubbish. I've lost count of the more five there was 25? one that had Russia
4: involved in it somewhere and his son oh I think I didn't see that one That's oh, what that was one they bad that song. was really bad yeah.
5: um, last year on Christmas Eve uh, Stephen D'Souza who's the screenwriter stated on Twitter that Die Hard is a Christmas film yeah, but Bruce Willis has declared Die Hard is not a Christmas uh, movie. It's a what? goddamn Bruce Willis movie.
4: Oh, <laughs> of course. Well, that kind of <laughs> makes sort of perfect sense, that. doesn't it? Yeah.
5: It's it's amazing that the film uh, got made because it was uh it was floating around for a long time and they got really desperate because the script had been offered to Deep Breath, Richard Gere, Clint Eastwood, Burt Reynolds, Sylvester Stallone, Harrison Ford, Don Johnson, Nick Nolte and Mel Gibson, all of whom turned it down. I
4: could see Don Johnson in it. Yeah.
5: And uh, <laughs> Bruce Willis was still filming Moonlighting he was. by day when
4: they started shooting Die Hard as well. Yeah, because he was time. like, I think, how smirky? On a, what's the smirk meter in Die Hard? Is it very smirky? I can't it's remember. It's pretty smirky.
5: It's pretty pretty big smirk, yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah. I always remember Terry Gilliam, because he desperately wanted that part in um, uh, Fisher King. Uh, not Fisher King. um Monkeys, monkeys, twelve monkeys. Twelve monkeys. And that was that was that was um Gilliam's only stipulation was no smirking, <laughs> mini smirk. We're out of there, he's got a great smirk, and uh, okay, uh yeah, I it, it, it kind of reinvented the action movie a bit, didn't it? At the time, it did, yeah. And it, start, it
5: starts on Christmas Eve, uh, and there's a Christmas party, it's, it's very Christmassy movie, but it was doing something amazing. There was a sort of there was a point, there was a sort of standing joke that if you had a good movie in the 80s, you weren't quite sure what to do with it. Set it in Christmas because that's going to bring it out a bit. And really? you know, Lethal Weapon had been Christmas action movie the year before. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, no, I get it. Uh, Die Hard in 88, and uh, yeah, various others that I don't know yeah. why Christmas, if it helps or not. Okay. But uh, when I when I moved to Los Angeles, uh, Nakatomi Plaza. <sighs>
4: you know, <sighs> yes, it's a size. We don't have
5: buildings like that in this country, and I was in awe. I of this know. Place in Century City.
4: My mate Phil, who's been on the show before who lives still living in Los Angeles every time we drive down Pico or whatever it's like oh look it's Lagadami Plaza yeah I know you say that every time it's actually Fox Plaza isn't it it's um, Fox Plaza it was being built at the time the building was
5: actually unfinished so Mm. they uh, they filmed in it before Fox moved into it it's what
4: actually was if I'm not mistaken the old Fox backlot yeah
5: yeah exactly uh, what's
4: it called Avenue of the Stars is it that's what it's called it sort of links Pico with Sunset and uh yeah all of that you just that was all xanax you know stomping ground wasn't it where they yeah. made all those fantastic 20th century fox pictures yeah. but yeah it does it then it holds up doesn't it
5: I, th- I think it does i think it's a, i think it's a really good action movie
4: uh well although actually it was taking a cue wasn't it from um like indiana jones in he was the hero But he hurt. I mean, at the time we were saying, "Die Hard is good" because he really looks like he's in pain and he might not survive this. And that was kind of slightly, you know, Indiana Jonesy, isn't it? You know, you always felt that Indy was in in agony all the time from all his bumps and bruises.
5: He he doesn't. You get the sense that he really doesn't want to be there, and those aren't his people. And that was very much an Indy thing as well. Yes
4: yeah but what yeah. was it was i think you messaged me last it was it in the message you sent me last night about this idea of him being messiah like uh,
5: i he mean runs across broken glass yeah. i thought that was phenomenal it was said, hilarious
4: no, the it's... idea that john mcclain is is he's jesus uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, it, that
5: was a very funny I, I, I did like that a lot, yeah it's no, kind of funny you weren't uh you, you weren't going with that
4: were you no i wasn't no. But I haven't got any more music from Die Hard, which is a bit embarrassing. So have we have we got any more interesting It doesn't have points a lot of, you need um, to make? I
5: mean let's face it it doesn't have a lot of uh well you have not got Christmas in Hollis. It doesn't no. the soundtrack it doesn't come across strongly as a Beethoven
4: uh, we don't
1: thing,
5: need. But we definitely don't need any Beethoven. That'll get us all running I think at the moment. Yeah. Um but, but uh, I should I should watch it this Christmas again because uh,
4: it's just been reissued in 4K actually. Oh well why didn't you put it on? Come on. I think I might. Yeah, I think you shall I'll come. <laughs> It's got all the K's. All right, then. well, yeah. uh, so I, uh, so we, we, we agree then that Die Hard is the not is not just a Christmas movie. To it's me, the it's Christmas movie. It's the Christmas. No. movie. for me know, it, is it is.
5: It, I mean, you know, someone else is going to have Home Alone. Someone else is going to have Elf. Uh, Elf, we know, haven't talked about. We I mean, haven't done Elf, Elf actually. Uh, there are, you know, there are, there are so many. We can't talk about Bad Santa. Arthur Christmas is a great Christmas movie. Uh, Santa's slightly useless son who has to save the day is I haven't seen a good it. Idea. I haven't seen it you're joking
4: I That's know we're showing argument, it well. all the time yeah we showed it recently and I have
5: yourself a ticket and have a look though uh, uh,
4: so what we were going yeah. to talk about after that was films what we watch at christmas that to me mean cuz one of the big differences now uh, with this sort of proliferation of streaming and sky tv and satellite it's no longer special when a film comes on the tv is it
5: no it isn't because i remember as a kid in the 80s the excitement and thrill of what that james bond film was going to be on christmas day to the point that it would come on it would be after the queen's speech yes which meant you had to have the meal finished by three o'clock, done deal, because you couldn't record <laughs> you couldn't, it. No, you, you couldn't
4: saw it record or you missed it. And they were on ITV. They were on ITV, which meant they had commercials in them, and yeah. you were on a four by three television.
5: And that caused a lot of stress with it being on ITV in my family, because I was in one of those families. You either watch BBC see, or ITV. Just watch we're Panorama or the we're Money Programme. BBC family. <laughs> You make a choice with the FA Cup final. Yeah, you, well, you did, didn't you? Other. Blimey.
4: So you had to decide. That's how it was.
5: And I have to say, this year, actually, I did pop into uh, WH Smith's on the yes. high streets. Um, other news agents are available. But yes. I did go in there because I wanted to pick up the weighty tome that is the Radio Times. At Christmas. And I wanted to know, actually, first of all, if they'd even changed the name now and it wasn't even called Radio Times no, anymore. It's still it was called, called the Radio times. times or something like that.
4: But I would sit down and I would very carefully go through all of the films that I needed to watch and I would circle the times and I would have literally a timetable of yeah. all the films I was going to watch and I was so excited the first time Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid came on the TV and that was I'm going to say uh, about 1980 that came on TV for the first time yeah it was 20 years old oh no it wasn't it was 12 years old it was old anyway I mean it was you know well past its its shelf life
5: there was a real thrill of films which I wouldn't have been able to see at a cinema. And was I going to be allowed to stay up late enough to watch them? That's the big difference
4: is that we, you know, now we can own them for next to no money or stream them, and they're available to us all the time. It's what I've talked about on the show before, like the soundtrack albums, why they were so important to me as a kid, because it was the only way you could have of owning the film. And then eventually it would come on the TV. And it would just be so thrilling. But I kind of miss that thrill, really. And I made the terrible mistake for about five years of picking up the Christmas TV times and the Christmas radio times, not realising that in the mid-80s, they merged. Well, they didn't merge. They each have all of the programmes in them. (laughs)
5: You thought it'd be different in the TV Times be something better <sighs> No,
4: but for years you no, because the Radio Times only had the BBC and the TV Times Of course like it did
5: that's right of course it did you had to buy them both You had
4: to buy them both so for years I was still buying the Christmas TV Times and the Christmas Radio Times without realising it was both had the same information in them, idiot
5: Life was so complicated you look back at that and think there was a magazine for the BBC for yes. its two channels yep. and then there was a magazine for ITV yep. for
4: its one channel And the thing about the Christmas one was it had the big bit in the middle with all the holidays in it Yeah which kind of felt I always felt like a weird dissonance we're freezing our nuts off and there's all pictures of ladies and hammocks and things.
5: I suppose to give Christmas telly its credit it has been, the the movie premieres have been replaced by things like the Doctor Who special though this year it's a New Year's Day thing Mm -hmm. so even that's moved
4: and of course the other thing about it is for ITV you don't want to put your big film on Christmas day do you?
5: Not anymore. It's not worth no. spending the money on it. No, because there's
4: nobody spending any money Christmas Day. Yeah. So and they don't show films, do they now? have the well,
5: so so the thing that I was looking for to see if there was anything original on there's a half hour animated. I don't want to call it a movie, but um, the Julia Donaldson books, the Gruffalo and all of that. Yeah. The, the folks who did those uh, in the last few years have got a new one this year. Right. Called Zog, which is a you know big hit in our house. Right. So we'll watch it. But we're not going to watch it live. We don't have to watch it when it goes out. That's 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 the big difference.
4: You know, when I was a kid, it was it was um, you know the Morecambe and Wise Christmas show, and then probably Jim will fix it. Yeah, and I (laughs) think I
5: I did read a moan recently about uh, how the BBC is just showing a lot of repeats this Christmas of things which it thinks people want to see. So now you show an old Morecambe and Wise, or you show an old. Show, I don't mind seeing old walking around them next to nothing. Well, no. why spend the money to put out something new when there are going to be a limited <sighs> number of
1: people watching? Yeah, are
4: not going to watch. So here is, this was always Christmas in our house, was um, this one. Here you go, you'll recognise it instantly. you go what's his face is music <laughs> in our film with the stuff yeah great great escape you know oh god it's, it's not elmer bernstein is it is it it's elmer bernstein? the markwick house oh geez hang on great escape i'm typing it in the thing <laughs> it's 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 it's, El, it's not is it elmer bernstein i should know this i i, I pretend that i know about films it's all <laughs> I, did you see that thing there was something in the garden the other day about the um you know syndrome that you don't think you're quite well elmer bernstein i don't think you run a cinema i don't think you've seen that movie definitely elmer bernstein (laughs) i was lucky enough to see that in the cinema a lot of times but it was always on the telly at christmas yeah and uh that's one of those one of those on the telly at christmas films so how long we got uh we have got to do a break and when we come back it might get a bit weird (laughs) (laughs) or it might not
2: Get with it, young man, get in the swing All the ice is that cool zing So make the evening a regular ball Get the refreshment that's got it all Cool, man, I like ice cream
4: Get yours now OK, so actually we've talked way too much A warm welcome to you all Hope you'll thoroughly enjoy our programme well, we hope you have thoroughly enjoyed our program, because we've run completely out of time. So, what we're going to do? What we want to talk about? Because we went into the show with uh, Christmas in the Stars, and we're going to go out with What do you buy a Wookiee for Christmas when he already owns a comb? What is this album? I'd never heard of this before, if I'm honest. What is it? Tell me. So
5: this album uh, came out in 1980 on an album uh, on a, a from a company called RSO. It's uh, predominantly featuring Anthony Anthony Daniels, C-3PO. And the idea was to release an album like this every year until, the uh, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. the RSO went bust. <laughs> they used to... Uh, they put a lot of money into a movie version of... Uh, um, oh, Sergeant Sadly, Pepper. That, Sergeant <laughs> Pepper
4: and Can't Stop the Music, yes, which same. is another... Flopper this. and suffered
5: a lawsuit for two hundred million dollars from the Bee Gees, who they used to yeah. manage as well. So they, were, they they didn't do well. But Alan this Carr, is a... Yeah. Um, this shows you what happens pre-internet because it didn't turn up until I was an adult. No, it was hidden.
4: Well, like the the, the the TV special, I didn't know about the TV special until YouTube showed it to me. The famous one. Yes, this
5: I strongly encourage everyone to look up the Christmas in the Stars album <laughs> online because it's it's
4: it's jaw-droppingly. Terrible Terrible it's, it's it's odd So this is where We're going to leave you Christmas and Star Wars What more do you want? There's, um, no, uh,
5: there's no movie this year
4: so we're No there's there. no Star Wars movie this year So that's what I'm going to leave you with So we've got about a minute um, Thank you Nick It's been fantastic Thank, thank you for coming me. in. No no We should do this more often okay. As they say So um, that's me as well For 13 or 12 as it turned out Traumatic weeks for you all um, I'll be back at some point But uh, thank you for listening. I love you all. And um, don't forget to download the podcast and recommend it to everybody. And I'll leave you with, uh, what do you buy a Wookiee for Christmas when he already owns a comb? All right. Night-night.